Let's shake it up a little. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast, adding a little bit of salt and a little bit of spice to make your Tuesday just right. Here's your hosts, Lisa and Olivia. I think a strong, strong lesson to learn is how to get told no and and then is is the power in pivoting. Well, I really like what we're doing, but how could we pivot 10% to get closer to whatever that goal is, whether it's more listeners, a contract, or you know, like eating a salad, like whatever that thing is. Um welcome, 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 welcome to the show. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast. D- please don't go. My name is Olivia. Oh, there we go. <laughs> My name is Olivia. I'm obviously a singer, rhyme, songwriter, songwriter, artist, artist of poetry, artist of poetry, <laughs> uh, entrepreneur, content creator, brand builder. Uh, what else? My most recent business is Velvet and Fur, which is a polymer clay earring business. You guys should check it out. We just had a new collection launch, and it is very cute. And to the right of me, not quite across from me today, is Lisa Brosser. We can draw out a map if that's easier for you guys to envision this. Well, across from me is her bag. I'm Lisa Brosser. I'm a mother, a wife, not a husband. Um, and I'm also a creative. And my current obsession is the comment sen- section of TikTok the best it is prime it is better than the videos 100 percent of the time itself i usually try to guess what they are and i usually get it right me too i'm like oh is anyone gonna talk about this yeah that's funny i and i I always forget to say my current obsession um my current (laughs) obsession is that it's snowing in august Oh, oh, I'm so Oh, it's September. It's I'm so sorry. It's not snow. It's actually ash and we can't breathe here. That's, That's it. your current obsession. My current obsession is waiting for fresh air and I know rain is coming in like 3 days and I I need I don't even like the outdoors. Okay, let's just start at step 1. I don't like the outdoors, number one. Number two, I like recycled air. Like air conditioning 24-7, I'm down for it. But when you can't have it, that's when it's disgusting. Yeah, I agree. I've never, I can't believe I'm going to say this, I've never wanted to hike before. And (gasps) now I would like to go on a fresh aired hike honestly that's like all I want to do right now I'm sorry I'm sorry she is literally inching away from me no I think it's because I agree oh my god like to go out in the like with like orange trees and then it would uh, smell pretty okay I'm gonna go on my hike why don't you like okay I understand liking summer I understand liking summer. I Sorry. I don't understand liking summer. I, I understand that you like summer, but why don't you like how it looks at least in the fall? Like Oregon in the fall is probably one of the prettiest Beautiful. places in the world. It's the obsession that I have to call all of you out. It's the obsession that you women have with pumpkin. She and just said you women. You women. <laughs> no, what what is 
I'm kissing the mic. What is the obsession with pumpkin? Have I ever? Pumpkin pie isn't good. No, I don't like pumpkin pie. Okay. Have I ever talked about pumpkin? Have no. you ever heard me talk about pumpkin? No, I have I don't not. like the pumpkin spice latte and my Victoria's Secret leggings. Let's go out. Okay, because that's, that's all me. I can think about when I think of fall. When I think I of think everyone. Of, I want to be cozy No, I again. think of fall as new fall clothing. Okay, where it's I can not get into that. Where it's not freezing, but it's it, it it's fresh. Like, it's fresh air. You okay, f- I do and, love that. And it's not quite super rainy yet, and it's not bleak yet. Like, nothing is dead. Okay. I don't particularly enjoy January, February, March. Well, March is like spring. But, like, I like the fall because it's like the world turns a different color. I don't like it because of all... Like, I don't put freaking pumpkins around my house. Okay? Okay, I have done that. But, like, the white pumpkin. Okay. Wait a second. Wait, oh, wait, wait, on, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's decoration. Wait a second. It's- Last, I'm a Trader Joe's last fiend. Year, I have to. I remember. Oh my gosh. You did buy a bunch of pumpkins and you put them out in your house and you had pumpkin candles. Okay, big deal. Hang on. You were making pumpkin goodie bags for your friends. You are caught. Pumpkin, pumpkin I have never bags. bought Hold anything on. pumpkin or gingerbread. That is you. Okay. I rest here's the case. difference. Everybody. Here's the difference. Trader Joe's because it's a, a gingerbread candle and She's which I actually so don't love. I don't I'm like- not. Hey, just because you don't have nails doesn't mean. <laughs> Cat fight. She literally called me out because I okay, don't have nails. Okay, and two, I used to like the vanilla pumpkins and now it's too much. I and and vanilla then I have the. I, What's the, a vanilla pumpkin? It's vanilla pumpkin is the Trader Joe's. What? Scent. Of oh. the candle. Oh, for, the scent of the candle. Fall. I don't like that There's type the of smell. There's the apple crisp. I know you don't. But see, I, I, I have. So I feel like I need to make this clear then. When I say fall, I don't mean yes. that stuff. And so what I'm saying is you're kind of converting me. I used to like fall and I feel like you're helping me. Okay. It's, it's, I feel like we're having a Hallmark movie moment where okay. I'm, I'm being you're coming, convinced. I just love putting on like my new sweater pulling out like my Doc Martens, my boots, not feeling hot and sticky, that whole thing. I just like okay. fall. Okay. Um, anyway, wow. Um, let's get to the silver lining of the week. Seriously, do you even have a silver lining? My You're- silver lining is this interview was great. I had a, this week was sucky. We had fires. Yeah. A lot of stuff has happened, but we got to interview Kelty Knight. And for me... Major full circle moment. Um, we, I was telling her at the beginning, like four years ago when I was driving to my job, I hated, I would listen to them and they would make me feel better. And I, who would have thought I would be interviewing her like four years later. And it was so cool. And I, it's so great of her to take her time to do that. Yeah. She was the best. Yeah. I mean, my, my silver lining is just that Mav hasn't been sleeping because it's his four-month sleep regression, and I literally don't have a silver lining. So um, this this episode is my silver lining. It, it, yeah. was, it made me forget about all of the troubles in the world. Honestly, as cliche as that might sound, it just felt like a good conversation with someone. No, and it felt totally. And, it, and we weren't talking about, like, we were obviously kind of talking about COVID a little bit, but like it it didn't feel like negative and it just felt so like great and positive and totally. fun. And yeah, meeting also a new she's friend. she's the best and she's just able to keep things lighthearted and fun too. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I think it was really great and it was really fun to, yeah, like have a conversation with somebody, I think, in the middle of all of this and still be reminded that like stuff is happening in the world, but there's so many good things that are still happening too. Yeah. So, yeah. Is it, that, that's it. That's it. Okay. Well, um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Kelty Knight. Um, as you can tell from this episode, she um, is a member of the Lady Gang, which is an amazing podcast. Um, honestly, two-time Emmy Award winner, Crazy. New York Times bestseller, funny, awesome, gal pal, Lady Ganger. Period. Period. Okay. Let's get into the show. So um, I typically do an intro before we do an intro before. Okay. But I decided because you always do the best intros for everybody. I'm going to do an intro for you. Oh my God. I'm honored. (laughs) And I'm so nervous about this. Like the most nervous I've ever been because you're the queen of intros. Okay. And, and you know what? I screw up all the time and that's what makes it great. (laughs) Yeah. So if I start hyperventilating in in the middle, I I did it on purpose. You're fine. I've pronounced people's names wrong while they're in the room. Like it's fine. (laughs) That's my biggest fear, but okay. All right. So are we ready? Is everyone ready? I feel ready. I'm so excited for you to get this over with because she's literally (laughs) breathing so hard. Okay. Okay. You got this. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Our special guest today puts the K in K-type, climbing the ladder of success one celebrity interview at a time. Her never-ending work ethic and the ability to create a pink poster board with all of her qualifications has gotten her to where she is today. This lady ganger has gotten almost everything she has put her mind to, from a New York Times bestselling author, a famous podcast host, and a two-time Emmy Award winner. She is getting closer and closer to getting that EGOT we all know she will be awarded. What's the one thing she hasn't achieved yet? That would be making Matt Nathan and her husband but don't worry she was one lucky feather earring away to help her we love you chris knight (laughs) soon she'll be making her debut as roxy hart in the taylor swift cardigan she so deserves so put your hands together for kelty knight (laughs) oh my god it does feel so good to get one of those (laughs) it's funny because every time i listen to the show they're like that was the best intro i've ever gotten so I, I had you. to I had to give it my best effort. I do feel so much better because literally five minutes before I connected to you guys, I was sitting in my kitchen having a cry fight with my husband. So um, no. they don't they don't come often. But I was like, I have eleven minutes. Are we doing this right now? <laughs> he was like, Yes. I'm like, Okay. So I was like, uh, and I was like, uh. I gotta go. Anyway, so I really <laughs> needed that nice boost. So thank you so much. Of course. Oh, of I, course. I mean it. Um, I was just telling her this is crazy how like four years ago I was driving to my terrible job every day and you were the first podcast I ever listened to was the lady gang and when I started listening to it and then I started listening to skinny confidential and you guys were what made me start the podcast and so looking back and being like if I knew I was going to be interviewing somebody from a podcast that made me start a podcast I would have never believed it so we're so lucky to have you well, I'm always, you know, reminded when I get, I get these requests a lot. Um, and then I check out the podcast and I see if I like them. So congratulations <laughs> on passing. Oh gosh, the yay. Thank you. <laughs> um, but you know, I remember when I was a really young reporter and I was even blogging and, and kind of writing articles and doing these online videos and, oh my God, I didn't have like a candle in the wind to like help me. And I remember making these big asks, you know, not that I'm a big ass, like it's not, I'm not Taylor Swift, but you know, it's like, (laughs) I would, I would kind of like have the gumption to be like, all right, I'm just going to ask like, what's, 
worst thing they can say is no. And so I am really appreciative um, and always want to be supportive of the women coming up underneath uh, our success. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm so happy to see you guys kind of standing on our shoulders of Lady Gang and Skinny Confidential, one, two of the first female podcasts out there, you know. Um, and so I, I do like to make time to do these kind of interviews and these kind of podcasts and get your name out there because, you know, so many people helped me when I was starting out. And, and, and even when we started the lady game, like, I mean, we had to call in every favor out of the, under the sun. So it's like a pay it forward, you know? So I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. We appreciate that a lot. (laughs) And we're especially excited to have you on because you guys are so real and you're honest. And hopefully that's what you got to see in, in our podcast too. Yeah. Very much the same vibes. Good. Good. Wow. We have this we, the same DNA, except just, just two of you. So you probably like always have, there's no third person saying, I don't want to do this. You know, <laughs> yeah. I laugh every time I listen to you guys. I usually listen to you on like my walk in the mornings. And it's always like you just gung ho about this idea. And then Jack's just like, yeah, I could do it. And Becca's like, no, I do not want to do this. I never wanted to do this. And I'm like, yeah. it's, it's amazing how much you guys have gotten done. I feel like it's because you're like, no, we're doing this. But it's very funny. We have this rule where, you know, we like at least two people out of the three have to agree to something. And so it kind of gets us in trouble because like I can shenagle Jack into doing like, I'm like, Jack, it's 11 o'clock at night. She's watching Seinfeld. I'm like, you know what we need to do? And she's like, yeah, great idea. I'm like, let's tell Becca in the morning. And then we're, she's screwed. Becca's screwed, you know. When it came to writing our book, Act Like a Lady, Becca did not want to write this book. I mean, I flew, we back, remember flying? We flew to New York. We flew to New York to take meetings with the publishing houses and try to like sell the book. And Becca like put on her boots and like her mascara and like stomped through these meetings and literally would leave me and be like, I do not want to be here. (laughs) And then we wrote the whole book and the whole process of writing the book. She was like, this book like the whole time um so and then similarly with going on tour um my life in the past has been so crazy and I was on planes and you know now it's like I couldn't can't wait to leave but at the time like I I really just reveled in a Saturday at home and I was like I just want to be like in my house not seeing people and Becca was like we have to go on tour and I was like absolutely not I'm not going I don't want to meet people I don't want to go to things I don't want to do events I don't want to wear heels like so her and Jack really wanted to tour so I had to tour so it's like we always just get in trouble deciding on (laughs) the three of us you know it's very rare that all three of us agree well actually we have like a good process now at the beginning we used to like fight over minutiae details but now it's like you know yeah it's gonna be a up or whatever like you know whatever well it it all works out I mean and I really felt that uh, Lisa's my second (laughs) co-host and so for a while I thought I was going to be doing this alone and I just remember thinking like I can do this I can do this but I wasn't ever going to push myself to the place I needed to be without her suggestions or her advice on what we should do next even if I'm like no I really don't want to do it and one of them was doing not in-person interviews and I was like no I don't want to do it and then COVID happened kind of shoved us into that corner and now I'm like forced her in to it I'm like yeah. thank god finally you're like thank you COVID. <laughs> because then we can do things like this like yeah like it's it's the whole purpose of it yeah yeah and I think like you know I hate to say it but I I do think like the for us for Lady Gang like three brains make a fully formed woman you know <laughs> like it, it's I I I really walked into this being like I'm 
so good at everything. Like a typical three on the Enneagram. I'm like, I am so good. No one's as good as me. I am the most organized. I have the best ideas. And then like working with other women, I'm like, oh, you know what? Like sometimes, no, I, I do not. And so, you know, I can see why you're having success because it's like, you know, you just need to have someone to bounce things off of and, and what you might be great at, you're not great at and what you're great at, you know? So, and I also, am all about like some of the most popular podcasts are on second hosts. So live your life. You got to like, you know, it's like, um, remember, uh, Wells Adams and Stephanie Pratt had Pratt cast and they did like, like, and now he has Brandy Cyrus. And as soon as he joined Brandy, it was like in heaven. So it's like first marriage. Sometimes it's not meant to be. No, totally. Yeah. And like the first season of the podcast was great. I like never regretted it and it was everything I needed to learn. And then once she came along, I I felt like I wasn't going to have a co-host unless they asked me. And I was like, no one's ever going to ask me. And then she randomly just <gasps> asks me. I and like I was gumption. like, she was like, are you sure? And I was it's like, not- it's not my choice because I- you asked me. So let's do this. So <laughs> it, it ended up all working out. So, well, and yeah. it's crazy because I only asked because... She actually interviewed one of my friends who's, uh, it doesn't matter. She interviewed one of my friends and my friend was saying like, just go, just do it, whatever you want to do. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, I, well, I want to be the host of the show. Like I wanted to do that interview. Like it was just Olivia. I wanted to be a part of that. And so I told her, I'm like, I'm not even going to think about it. I'm just going to do it. And she, it, it was just so crazy. And that's not something that I usually do. And so ever since then, I do it way more. Yeah. All of it. It all works out, right? It all, everything that's meant to be (laughs) will light on fire in 2020. (laughs) (laughs) That should be your new merch shirt right there. I know. I know. Okay. So we're kind of into this, but for people that don't know you, can you just intro yourself just a little bit, who you are, what you do? Um, so I'm Kelty and I was a professional dancer for many, many years. And then I transitioned to kind of like weaseled my way into becoming a TV host. So, you know, I host, uh, I work for entertainment tonight, um, and have had many hosting jobs leading to that and host specials and whatever. And about five years ago, um, in constant fear of getting fired, I was really, really into this podcast on NPR called Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, which is like essentially one of the old NPR radio shows and they play games and they have celebrity guests and it's like, just seems like the most fun ever. And Becca and I were at lunch and she had finished Glee and oh my God, we were like, what are we going to do with our lives? And we're like, let's start a podcast. And I knew Jack. And so we start a podcast that has turned into our lives, Lady Gang. Um, the podcast is, is, is huge. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty big. Um, The community is massive. We just launched a book, like you said. We had a clothing line. Um, We have more goodies up our sleeves for the fall. We tour. We had a college scholarship program. And um, you have unsuccessfully asked John Mayer like 29 times to come on the show. (laughs) Maybe it'll be lucky number three. No, now we don't want him. Becca read read the Jessica Simpson book and she was like, we're going to be done with John Mayer. And I'm like, I still want him because I like getting into the psyche of like a, a, I can't, can I swear? Like a book boy? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I like I would like to dive. I would like to dive into that with John Mayer. But um, but yeah, so it, it's been really cool. And and now we're we're building upon this idea of, you know, female friendships and how it becomes really difficult when you get older to make friends and have friends that don't exist just in your work circle or just in your school circle or your mom's circle and how important it is. 
Um, and I think that we just came around at a time when people were really hungry. Well, I think they've always been hungry, but we gave them a place to like have frivolous and at the same time meaningful female friendships in like sort of a safe-ish community. I mean, it's not safe. <laughs> it's not safe. Don't like, you know, I mean, people really, and me included, like I share my whole heart and then Jack and Becca yell at me and they're like, please stop posting in the Lady Gang Facebook group. And I'm like, I can't, I, these are my friends. They're like, they're not your friends. I'm like, but they are my friends. They are. Anyway. Some of the some of them are, but the, some I of mean, them are definitely in there just to get revenge on me. So you know. Oh my gosh! I mean, that group is the best. I always say, well, in one of my Facebook groups, this girl posts. Like I always say this stuff, mostly to my boyfriend, and he's like, I, sometimes I should, like read him posts, and he's like, "What are like women?" I was like, <laughs> "I don't know." <laughs> well, and I think you know, I think for me, you know, growing up as a ballerina. And having, you know, my brother is um, disabled. And so he, ha we had a lot of trouble with him while I was growing up. And I, um, I very rarely talk about this, but I, um, you know, I think a lot of the focus of my family dynamic was on my brother, who was a lot of, a lot of work. And, um, and so I was constantly in this like state of being perfect. Like I thought that being perfect is the answer to everything. So you're, you've got the ballerina black swan tendencies and then you've got this like whole family dynamic that is leaning into perfection. And then I got out to New York by myself and I didn't want to fail. And so I was trying to proje project this very perfect life. And then I got on TV and America was judging me every night. So then I want the perfect hair and the perfect body and the perfect boobs and the perfect whatever. And <clears throat> it's exhausting, you know? And I think what Lady Gang does is it allows us to just, like, I hate my husband today. I really do today. But like, I could post that in the Facebook group or I have a UTI or I'm a horrible person. Here's what I did. Or I hate salad or I hate Davina on Selling Sunset. Like whatever that thing is that you just, is your weird imperfect life you're able to share that and then a hundred other people are like me too and you feel less alone and that's the entire reason and for me it's the greatest gift because i am a recovering perfectionist and um and it really allows me to see there's always bigger more awful things happening to people than my stupid shit and then there's also people that are like your shit's really stupid but i hear you and i'm gonna wallow in it for you just for five minutes Mm-hmm. No, totally. I mean, I remember the first time I listened to the Lady Gang. I remember where I was. And because I so I was homeschooled all the way through my whole life until I went Whoa. to college. Literally, literally didn't even know how to do homework. Like I had to get help from like a professor to do homework. It it's a whole thing. But I remember listening to the Lady Gang and being like, wait, like I'm like I'm not just like weird. Like there are other people who are just like funny and quirky and weird. And like then I joined the Facebook group and like you said, it was having, you know, female like friends. Obviously you don't get to hang out with them that you feel like, you know, you're not gonna be judged for whatever you say. And I think that one hundred percent is the reason why you guys have had so much success because you're not afraid to say anything and everything. And I think that there's so much like beauty and power in that, even though I'm sure Maybe it was daunting at the beginning. It doesn't seem like it is anymore. But do you yeah. guys, like for you, do you have anything where you're like, you don't really want to share? Or how do you get the ability to like fully share? Yeah. You know what I think is interesting about us is that we are all different versions of like a white onion. You know, like I think there are certain parts of my life that I am so open about. And there are certain parts of my life that 
you could listen to every episode of Lady Gang that I have never, ever opened up about or ever touched on. You know what I mean? In, even in the book, like nothing. Um, and I think Becca and Jack are very similar. And I think that every year, every six months, every once in a while, we have another layer peeled off. You know, I thought it was really interesting just in an episode, you know, a few weeks ago, um, Becca lost her boyfriend in a very shocking way. Um, and she, even knowing her and being, you know, I would say close to her, um, she never spoke about it. Um, and we talk about everything. She would talk about pooping her pants publicly before she would ever talk about any of the emotions around this loss. And like an onion, like, you know, she would maybe she mentioned half a thing one year and then three years later would mention another half thing. But it, even in private, she really never talked about it. And then she came to us and she said, Hey, I'm thinking about having my grief counselor come on the lady gang. And everyone is hurting right now with COVID and losing people. And like, there's just sadness everywhere. And you're grieving the, you know, the, the loss of your career, of your dreams, of your wedding, of your person, like your child, whatever it is, your parents, you know, um, I think it would be really helpful. And then she came on the podcast and Becca opened up and was telling stories I've never heard before, even as her friend. And so, um, I think that it is a challenge because it's difficult. It, anyone can be like, oh my God, my favorite housewife is. But I think when you get down to the real stuff, there's there's a real vulnerability um, that can be hard. That was a very long answer. Feel free to edit me shorter. But anyway, no, my point no, being that was so is great. it's not yeah. easy. It's not yeah. easy, yeah. but it's not, but I think it's worth it. Totally. How did you go from, because I'm a nine and I have, Oh God. One tendencies, a lot of one tendencies. I grew up in like kind of like, like you show my, like my culture was like, you show like the most perfect version of yourself, like the fancy car, the nice house. You don't talk about your feelings and I'm so the opposite now. And it's even hard to go past that with certain people. But I feel like being on the podcast, it's almost like, well, if you want to listen and you want to hear everything, like you can't blame me for making you feel uncomfortable because it's your choice. Yeah. And so how did you go from like, this is my life. It's in this perfect, tidy little box to like, hey, like it hits the fan sometimes and that's OK. Yeah. I mean, it, it's still, it's still a challenge. There are always things happening, you know, behind the scenes between, you know, the three of us, like we, there was a time in COVID right before the book came out where I was like, I'm, I'm not sure that we have another five years in us, you know, because we're so used to being together and working together. And we had spent an entire year planning this book, you know? And so, you get attached to, okay, on Tuesday, we're going to do GMA. And then on Thursday, we're going to be in New York at the Express Store launching the collection. And then we're going to take both of those things on the road and we have a bus and it's going to be pink. Like we, we had everything wrapped up. And then when it started falling apart, each one of us was grieving in our own way. And who are you the hardest on when you're grieving or having a hard time? Those people that are in your life every moment, you know, you're awful to your boyfriend, your husband, or your parents or your sister or whoever that is. Like, it's never the person who's like in the peripheral that's getting your shit. It's always a person closest to you. And so, you know, we were, we were at each other, but it doesn't serve us to like bring that shit up on the podcast or, you know, um, 
to talk about the how the sausage is made a little bit. You know what I mean? Like life is hard enough. I don't know that it really serves our girls to be like, and then, um, so, so I, I think that's hard. I think that the hardest thing is for my parents. Um, I'm always thinking about when I talk about going to therapy or even opening up about, you know, my life or whatever, I tell them not to listen. I know they listen. And I'm always like, then you're trying to be like at Christmas dinner with me pretending everything's okay. And you know, I'm like kind of a psycho. And so I'm always like a little <laughs> bit that. Um, I was worried for a long time about my employers. Like what would they think if I was, you know, oh my God, a woman on television admitting she gets fillers. Like that's like, you're not, no one is supposed to age, but no one's supposed to get fillers, you know? So I was worried for a while if I said I don't like a celebrity or I don't like a show, like would the publicist hear? And the honest truth is everything good that's come in my life has come because I told the truth. Um, and so, you know, I just, I'm a, about, I don't know, when, when is this coming out? This week? Next week? Okay. Um, it'll probably be out. But I, I have been working with this like company, um, uh, a dermal company or whatever for like, sort of a deal with them. And, you know, when I got the deal, it was, it was quite substantial. And I was like, oh my God, like how do they must know me from entertainment tonight. I better show up in my perfect dress, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh no, we read the Lady Gang book. And like the fact that you would open up about getting a neck surgery at 36 was like, you're our people. And I was like, oh my God, I would have never gotten that deal had I been so buttoned up and perfect. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, all the good, all the real good stuff is because you're just willing to be honest, but with that, you have to be a certain level of honest. You can't be fully yeah. honest. Full honest totally. is like too sad. <laughs> it's so true. I was going to say, I commend you. I posted in the Lady Gang Group, hello, Lady Gang Group a few weeks ago. And um, it was right after I think I had, you guys were doing like the lady lessons and you had a, the f- fertility specialist on. Yeah, sure. And um, like Becca opened up about stuff and I was like, I had never, I hadn't felt so connected to you guys because I had never heard that. And then I was telling her about the grief counseling. I was like, I listened to this podcast, like it was on the Lady Gang. It was so good. Like we need to have somebody like that on. Like it was so empowering. And so I will say, pass it along to Becca and Jack too. Like the lady lessons and what you guys are doing, even if it's little by little, is really, really encouraging. Thank you. Yeah, I wish someone had just been like, freeze your eggs, Kelty, but they didn't. It's like a hidden thing. You're not even supposed to like... I don't know. Talk about it. Like, it's so strange. I mean, it's starting to become more forward, but I mean, it's kind of yeah. embarrassing. We're all like, I mean, I want to say late thirties cause Jocko get mad at me, but like, <laughs> you know, we're thirties. We're, we've been in our thirties for a minute yeah. and we're just like going to the gyno and figuring out how our bodies work for the first time. Like that's, you know, back in the 1700s, you were already dead by our age. So <laughs> you'd already birthed your children and left the planet. So, you know, it's like, whoa, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we live in a smaller town in Oregon. And so I'll say stuff like that. Like, well, if, cause I'm not sure if I want to have kids or not. And I'm like, well, I'll probably just freeze my eggs. And I have people looking at me like, are you crazy? What does that even mean? How do you even da, 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 da. And I was like, this is a thing that people do. You need to yeah. understand that this is a thing. I mean, even the fact that I'm not married yet I and I'm 27 is the most shocking thing in the world where we live. And yeah. so, you know, it's, it's really encouraging to have podcasts like you guys to be like, no, this stuff is normal normal getting fillers and all this stuff. I mean, it's encouraging for me and I know it is for like a lot of people. So definitely. I do want to um, touch on one more thing. I just love the topic of like vulnerability itself. Um, you did a post, it was a while back and 
you were I think it was when you were sharing like your 2019 like over the year or something like that and how you for lack of a better word were kind of bashed for like not being like vulnerable enough to a certain extent and so how how do you deal with that because you are already giving so much of yourself so um I feel like you you have to protect a part of yourself because there's already so much of yourself out there so how was it to kind of get that input like we can't relate to you because you're not this yeah this was right after kind of the end of our tv show and we were we we're feeling down i mean obviously we had hoped we were going to be the kardashians and run for 20 seasons and become like international television stars of course um and and what happened is that the show, the way it was produced, um, and it really isn't one person's fault. It's just kind of overall, um, you know, it, it was very loud and it didn't allow the thing about the podcast is there are these moments where you are sit, you're vulnerable. And then there's moments where you're loud and like obnoxious. And we kind of got hit stuck on one obnoxious, like loud note on the TV show because of TV you want you want it loud. You want to grab people's attention. And so when it's all that, it's like the same thing. And so people are coming at us being like, A, where your children, your 30s, very much like what you said. Um, you don't have any feelings. You're not that smart. Like all of these things. And that was like what the focus groups of, of the show were saying. And it really hurt our feelings because I was like, okay, well, you don't, what you don't know that's going to later come out in the wash is, which has come out in episodes since, is that Becca has been struggling with infertility for years and never talked about it, which has recently come out. I had had a miscarriage during uh, award season that year, well, in between our filming of our seasons. So, you know, it was like, you're literally like sticking the knife and turning it. Um, but I, I think that when you are opening up and in a, and a public person, I, it, it did make me think like, oh, we can be doing a better job about sharing stories. You know what I mean? Like maybe we've gotten lazy in our, um, producing of the show. Maybe we need to like set our set table up to like have more of these conversations with, which I think is something we've definitely done in 2020. But at the same time, like I will never apologize for holding the things that are hurtful or meaningful in my life close to the vest. Like I don't owe the viewers or the listeners anything, you know? And when Becca's ready to talk about what she's someone who never talks about shit when she's going through it, she doesn't have the bandwidth. And the same thing with Jack and the same thing with me, like we're running so fast that it's like, I will never apologize for holding that close to me when I'm ready to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. And you, and before I actually put it out on the airwaves for everyone to hear, I would like to have some semblance of like, having dealt with it in my own self. And that's the only way you can stay normal. And I think where celebrities get in trouble and we see this all the time is when you blur the lines so much between sharing your life and having your life that it's like your whole life belongs to this public. Everything you do, every doctor's appointment, every feeling and emotion and whatever, it's like you're doing it for the audience, but like what is precious to you then? And I think like that's when you see celebrities go psycho in Hollywood because they lose that sense of like I have this life and then I have my public life mm -hmm. and some people take it too far where it's all private 
and I'm like, I just want to know what you ate for breakfast. Like, but there's a balance. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Cause I mean, even when you were just talking right now, it's, there's like, there's such a difference between being open and honest about like you as like, I'm a human being and these happens, these things happen to me because I'm a human. And then these are the things that are happening to like me, Kelty, like and me, Kelty and my husband. And like, these things are painful and they hurt and I don't have to talk about them. And so I think, I really do think you guys have done a really good job. And, um, you know, even if you guys, you know, decide to stop even doing little bits, I think obviously you've built such a great community. Um, and I think it's like a really good learning lesson because we're still learning, like podcasting, like mm-hmm. how much can we be vulnerable? And sometimes I'll we're listen like, uh, to things. I think I'm going to cut this out. I'm like, actually, I think that's a good idea. I know. So often I'm like, hey, I'm like calling her. I'm like, do you think we should cut this out? I don't know how it's, it's going to translate. We're still learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's, that's why I love like picking your brain on it. Yeah. And sometimes you have to separate like what felt good to me as a person and what's going to be helpful to others. Because I think where podcasters get in trouble is when it just becomes this like brain dump and they're like, and then well, and you're like, okay, this is, I already have enough of my own problems. Like I need to, you know, I want to be entertained. I want to be on a walk and feel like I know you, but like, please change the subject after 10 minutes, you know? So, um, there is that, like, it's good to be able to self edit when we do that often not that often I mean we more edit like where I'll say something so inappropriate and we're like we have to cut that out um but you know I think it's definitely a skill Mm -hmm. so congrats on learning (laughs) thank you oh barely (laughs) barely learning seriously barely um okay so I kind of want to transition into your like work ethic because often in my life I go if Kelty did it I can do it. I literally say that to myself because not not just because of this whole thing of like you write down your goal, your goals and manifesting and stuff, but in the sense of like because, you know, perfection is like a really big thing that's talked about. And I'm in the boat that some perfection is needed because without your perfection like um, Mm -hmm. that you've had, you wouldn't be where you are today. Mm -hmm. And so going back to like high school and you're, you know, in Canada and you're doing all this stuff like did you have that work ethic? Did you know you wanted to go to New York? Did you want to get out of there? Like, how did you get these, like this drive for success? Yeah, it's a great question. And um, I think that I have truly innately very little natural raw talent. I think there's two types of people in the world. People that are like Adele, where your talent is so incredible. Like Adele, Whitney Houston, like Mariah Carey, like these people are so crazy talented and they're just like freaks of DNA where like it all cellularly went together properly. That like no matter what happened in their life, they were destined for success, you know? And then there's people like me who have really no talent, are like smart-ish, uh, pretty ish, you know, like, uh, you know, liked friendly ish, but they have to develop this, this ratio of putting themselves out there through hard work. I can remember when I was a dancer, I was not the best dancer. Um, but I worked at it, you know, I would, I go to the classes, I do the stretches, I do the whatever, whatever it is. Um, and then in television, it was like, I was relentless in my drive of like, I will book this person. I will follow up. I will book them. I will book them. I will book them. Like six months later, I will book them. I finally booked them. And then it's one more step. Um, and so that is a learned behavior. I think that, um, 
some of it is innately in me, which I've realized, especially working with Becca and Jack, because Jack is DNA wise, so creative and she cannot turn on work mode unless the creative mode is fed. So Jack, I mean, she does. She absolutely does. But Jack's someone who like is like, ooh, and then goes and doesn't stop for 12 hours, you know? But like you can't tell her at Wednesday at 8 a.m. you are going to go to work and you're going to turn it on and you're going to design this thing for us. Like it does not work like that where I'm very much like, a, all right, I know what needs to be done. I'm so satisfied by crossing it off my list. Even if I don't want to get out of bed, I'm getting out of bed. I'm doing the thing I don't want to do because I know that I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Becca acts like she's not of the Kelty, but she actually is. She's very much of the Kelty, and I remind mm-hmm. her of all the time. She's always like, <laughs> you're so crazy. I'm like, girl, you got up in New York and stood in line at 5 a.m. with 600 girls to get your job on Broadway too. Like, we did the same thing, so don't even yeah. act like that. But I, I think, you know, I think for the majority of people out there, the working hard arena is probably going to lead to success more than uh, the I was born with Adele voice. Mm-hmm. And it's a trained, learned thing. Like, yes, you can watch Six Hours of Housewives every night. You absolutely can. But you probably won't succeed in the same way as the person who allows themselves an hour of free ball TV and then sets their schedule and works relentlessly. Like, everyone that I know that has that level of success is they're just, they're workers. They're worker bees. And they're not always the best, but they work. Mm-hmm. Isn't that so depressing? No, <sighs> <laughs> no really because is. I was thinking about this and it's it sounds really weird, but I, I tell people like if you have adversity in your life, I think that's great. And I think it's going to teach you to work your butt off to get to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And so exactly like what you're saying, which, first of all, you're very talented and you're very beautiful. Well, sure. So don't don't sell yourself short at all. But but listen, I don't have an Addison Ray face. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let's be. And that's fine. Like, Addison, right. you're beautiful. But it's like. I, I, I do understand, like, of course I, yes, I'm, I'm so smart and lovely and whatever, but it's like, (laughs) those aren't the, no one was like, oh my God, Cindy Crawford, come on over. Like, right. Yeah. I got prettier as I got richer too. Let's be honest. Like 20 year old Kelty was not that cute. As I started making money and could get the treatments and the outfits and the hair colorist I wanted, then I became cute. So it's really, look at Ariana Grande. You get rich, you get cute. I mean, she was always cute, but never mind. I mean, some of us just have to work a little harder for it. I mean, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. And pay for it. The artist Rebecca used to say that I'm a transitional beauty where I walk in and I'm disgusting and like they can, they like Cinderella me and I turn into like the most gorgeous. So I'll go with that. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> we got off topic. Yeah, I just, I just, I totally agree with you. I think it, it takes a lot of work to get to where you are, but I also think the people that just get it, um, they are not going to, they take it for granted. They're not going to understand. Like I was listening to a podcast. I was ranting to her about it where they got called up by this big media agency two weeks into their podcast, offered like a 75,000 signing deal or whatever. And I was just like, okay, I've been working at this for seven years and like, where's my money, you know? But then thinking, 
I'm not getting that right now because that's not where I'm supposed to be. And I also probably wouldn't appreciate it as much if I would have gotten that the way that they did. Um, and so for you, I know you work your butt off, but I'm sure you, you I know the type of person you are. You're going to just keep going no matter what. There's no end to your like ladder of success. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure that you feel so grateful for the things you have because you worked so hard for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's two things I will say about that. A is that, you know, I think hand in hand with hard work has to be your ability to uh, deal with rejection. So you could work really hard and put yourself out there. But if rejection, like if you can't see rejection, meet it, feel it, digest it, and then keep going, um, you cannot be successful. You have to, rejection is the worst and it hurts the same every time. It doesn't matter how much security you have, what part of your life. 20-year-old Kelty getting rejected, 38-year-old Kelty getting rejected, it feels exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I think a strong, strong lesson to learn is how to get told no. And and then I think the other part that I would say is, and to you, and to both of you, and any anyone out there, is, is the power in pivoting. Um, you know, we have with Lady Gang and in my entire life have gone down a road thinking, all right, this is the road, this is the thing. And then gotten there and looked around and been like, well, everyone else is getting these, this deal and this thing and having this thing. Well, I really like what we're doing, but how could we pivot 10% to Mm. get closer to whatever that goal is, whether it's more listeners, a contract or, you know, like eating a salad, like whatever that thing is. And I think that, learning to pivot after rejection or whenever I have this feeling of jealousy, like I, you know, I, I'm like, always like, I'm a girl's girl. But like, the truth is like, we all get jealous. It's like an absolute normal feeling that we have to again process. But when I find myself getting jealous on social media or seeing someone else that has reached a pedestal that I'm not at yet, what I like to do is like first, like, okay, guilty, calm down. Like, you're okay. You're beautiful and smart and like successful. You're going to be fine. And then I like, then I like to look at like, well, what are they doing? Like, is there a pivot lesson here for me? Like, is their Instagram prettier? Is there the way they're teasing their podcast better? Is their merch better? Is, you know, is their community stronger because they do this? Like I like to use, and then it goes in like TV hosting as well. Like I'm like, oh wow, I love the way this person transitioned. There's all these like minutiae of that, but it's like, what, what am I jealous of? And then how can I maybe take their lesson five, five degrees and pivot myself just a little bit? Um, and, and kind of get on that track because, you know, I, I, and I say this like with love, I've seen so many women start things that they're like, oh my God, this is the thing. This is the idea. I'm going to make baby onesies and I love to make baby onesies and I'm making them out of old tablecloths, vintage tablecloths. I'm going to get those from Goodwill and I'm going to make baby onesies. I'm going to sell them in my Etsy store and they're so passionate about it. And they're not successful because nobody wants an old tablecloth on their baby, you know? And it's like, it can be your biggest passion, the thing that you love the most. But if you're not actually helping or solving a problem for people, Mm. you probably aren't going to have that level of success. So I'm so happy. Like I had a girlfriend once who was like making baby teethers for like two years straight. She's like, 
beading all the time. And she was selling a lot of them, but I was like, okay, what's the end to this? You're going to sit in your basement forever and bead baby soothers. Like you cannot live like this. You have to outsource it. You have to figure out like another way because, oh my God, your hands are bleeding. You're beating so many baby soothers. Like, so you got to be able to pivot. Sorry. That was such a long answer, but I no, think it's an important so lesson. Good. I'm literally like, I'm dying because that is just how I feel so often about people. And I like you, like I always try to tell people, like when you want to start a business, write down why you're doing it, what makes you different and how you can, like, what is your end goal to this? And how do you bring value to people? Because if you're not bringing value, somebody, you know, that's a commercial baby soother is going to stomp right over you and people yeah. are going to buy from them. So I no, Oh man, I totally agree. <laughs> so I want to know do you have any advice for people like me too um that like for setting goals because I'm really really bad at setting goals and I know you're very good at it I know you have like your bujo and you do all of that um yeah just like some advice Yes. My advice is to keep a constant list on your phone of goals. So when those feelings of jealousy, insecurity, I'm not doing enough, I'm not enough come up, take a deep dive into like what that person has or what that other company is doing or what that other lifestyle, like whether it's you want to get like a new couch or whatever you're like looking on Instagram or Pinterest, like, or you want to eat more salads. Like, well, I'm not saying it has to be a work-related thing, but take a look at like what's triggering you to want more in your life and just write it down. Like, all year long, I write these stupid notes to myself in my phone and it's like, you know, I'll, I'll interview someone and they'll have like insanely muscular legs and I'll be like muscle legs. Like I'll just put that in the list. And then at the end, you can't sit down with a blank slate and be like, all right, I want to think of eight things I want. Like you're never going to come up with those good things that you really, really want. So I like to collect them all year. And then at the end of December, I look through this ridiculous list of probably like 55 things. And I'm like, all right, what are the themes here? Like I keep being triggered by people that are super healthy. So I want to work on my health. I um, keep seeing all these YouTubers with book deals. And I'm like, you're 12. Why are you writing a book? I don't understand this. I'm jealous. I want my own book. You know, like, so I, I kind of keep track of those things that are triggering me. And those help me set out the goals. Like, I can be in a Target. So my like really dark thing is that like, I love to go to Target, obviously, who doesn't? But like the reason I love to go to Target is at the end when you're checking out, they keep their coolers so cold and there's a Diet Coke that is so icy in that cooler and you get it and then you're like in the car on the way home, you could get a Snickers too. I'm in the car on the way home and I'm drinking my ice cold, beautiful Diet Coke and I love it so much. But if I see someone who's in the aisles shopping and they have a beverage cup, like a Coke or Diet Coke with a label. I'm like, who the f drinks Diet Coke? That's soda is like the color of soda. It stains your teeth. Like it's disgusting. Like who is this Bill and Tell's excellent adventure? Like soda is so gross, but I fucking love it. Anyway, that, that basically, so my story is like, I'll be like, you got to quit Diet Coke. You do not want to want, be one of those people walking the aisles and targets like slurping on a soda. It's disgusting. <laughs> Kelsey, don't talk to me about Diet Pepsi, okay? Diet Pepsi is I... disgusting. Okay, I'm sorry. It's way better than Diet Coke. No, no. <laughs> okay, either way, I was addicted to it. So every time I listen to your Formatic. podcast and Triggered. you always say, Triggered. sure, I can literally taste it in my mouth. And I always hear you talk about wanting to quit. And and I remember the day that I, I quit cold turkey. I never turned back. And I will tell you. Ever? No, my boyfriend asked me, he said, 
I really don't want you to drink this. And it wasn't like controlling by any means. And it was just like, he was like, do you think that maybe you could stop? And I was like, how much were you drinking? Um, probably like th- the 30, 40 ounces a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, like a fountain drink, you know, yeah. and there's no sugar in it. Like, it's fine. There's yeah. just chemicals. And <laughs> it's so fine. it's just yeah. chemicals. Yeah. But I never turn back. And ev- about once a year, I'll have one pe- like Pepsi, like a sugar one. And it's not very good, but I just feel like I need that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I really miss it and I really want to go back to it. So keep drinking it for the both of us. <laughs> now. <laughs> Uh, I gotta get my life together no no it's fine just keep drinking it if something if something was gonna happen it would already have happened right that's not true it's called Alzheimer's <laughs> and it's coming in my 70s so because literally the brain cells of my are being toasted but anyway <laughs> you know whatever it's unless fine. they want to sponsor this podcast or our lady gang in that case I will continue drinking it thank you for this public service now <laughs> I I want to pivot Okay, let's on the, on the top on the topic of um, <laughs> uh, grabbing a diet Pepsi and possibly a Snickers. It's so funny. On my way here, I was thinking about <laughs> this is gonna sound so random. Just track with me. I was thinking about how intermittent intermittent fasting is like a thing Mm -hmm. and how it's like kind of the new trend right now and I'm like that's so funny I like unintentionally do that all the time and I was just like going my podcasts weren't working at home and so I was just like going through a few of your guys's and I'm like hold on this has to be a joke just a few weeks ago you guys were talking about how you unintentionally intermittent fast and I totally do that and so I just loved everything that you were talking about that you were learning about in therapy and how it actually goes back. We're kind of tracing back, sorry, to the like perfectionist mindset. And so I used to have an eating disorder and I think that it's like not, not a survival mode, but what I've heard is, um, I used to be a gymnast and I think this Uh, had to do with it. Um, and so, um, I think it was, my brain it it is my brain just like telling me like these are your old pathways in your brain this is what you know Mm -hmm. so I I want to know from you like what has been the most interesting thing you've been learning as far as that in therapy like you're I feel like that was mind-blowing it had to have been mind-blowing it was so mind-blowing for me um and I'm sorry that you've struggled and I hear you and there's so many people and and I think that we need to uh give a big hug to the ladies who are strong enough to even admit that kind of thing because I know that whenever I talk about it I feel like really yucky and it's Mm. it's easier I not easier I think it's one thing to be like my relationship with food is um troubling um and it's hard when you're someone that you can't really see it you know I I Uh I mean that like with love it's like when you see someone who is obese like you know that they have an issue with around food but like you can see it like no one would ever look at people look at me and think I'm like the healthiest person on the planet just because of my DNA like this is the way it goes but um it has been mind-blowing um talking about this in, in therapy and and I think for me uh what really blew my mind was the fact that this is a, a learned behavior 
So mm. I had lived under the umbrella of this is just the way I am. Like, this is how my body is set up. This is how my brain is set up. Like, I've just always been this way. I've never cared about eating. I've always had a sweet tooth. I've always um, accidentally intermittent fashion till lunch or till dinner, you know? And then diving into therapy with my therapist, she's like, no, this is, this is you training your brain. You have trained your brain to think you are undeserving of healthy food, that you are um, only allowed a certain amount of calories every day. And so that if you're allowed 1,200 calories a day or whatever it is, you can get those calories however you want. So if you want to have them in two Snickers and a Diet Coke, which has no calories, like that's enough calories to live on. Meanwhile, it is the most unhealthy thing. Like there is no nutrition. There's nothing. And I work my brain so hard. I work my body so hard. So it was like that opening that door of like how completely cruel I am to myself on a daily basis has been um, – pretty embarrassing to be honest because like when you're a boss bitch you don't want to be like yeah that's me in Times Square but also like I don't know how to eat a vegetable um so I don't have an answer for you um I'm working on it I'm finding the only thing that's working for me and that ever works for me is keeping a food journal which also um can make some people like completely psycho but I basically just have little check marks where when I eat breakfast, when I eat lunch, when I eat dinner, when I take my vitamins, I get to like cross it off and it keeps me accountable to like not just eat one meal of Snickers. Um, and I often think, oh my God, I've accomplished so much in my life eating Snickers and drinking Diet Coke. Like, can you imagine if I actually fueled myself with like protein or vegetables, like how much of a boss bitch I could be then? And it's inspiring. So let it, let 2020 be the year where we stop uh, accidentally intermittent fasting and we let go of our childhood trauma. Um, and I think that I find a lot women that did intense competitive sports as children. There's so many amazing things like your dedication, your, you know, like your work ethic, like all those things you learn, the body issues are mm -hmm. abundant where I don't see it in my friends that played piano in my friends that took a language and my friends that, you know, I see it in, in dancers and gymnasts and volleyball players and, um, and it's fucked up. Yeah. Because there, I mean, you had to, I mean, I, I had like an awful coach who like, sure, beat us down and it was almost like, well, you have to look a certain way. Like, and it didn't, it didn't matter what it was that you were doing as long as you looked the way and that you could perform. And so, yeah, I remember having a dance coach that like when you were sore and you were hurting, they would literally just feed you like every ibuprofen in the world. And then like in my 20s, I had like a leaky gut and I mean, also from the Diet Coke, I'm sure. But like it was like there was no one being like, hey, like someone who's 14 shouldn't be having four ibuprofen every hour for 10 hours every day. Like that is actually tearing a hole in your stomach. You know, it's like it, you just do anything to make it happen. And um, and also I will say, and I don't know how you ladies feel, but I do feel like it is not in the cultural zeitgeist for women to take care of themselves. I think that it's very much in the, you can get the skin cream and you can get the hair shampoo. But when we talk about like taking care of our mental health, it feels very selfish. 
And it's mm-hmm. like, I still even struggle with, Hey guys, like I've blocked out this hour because every Tuesday from four to five, I do therapy and like people want to schedule things and people want, you know, and you're like, no, this is my, my thing. And you feel like people are looking at you like you pay money to like talk to someone about your big problems and your big house. And like, you feel like, so, you know, it's hard. It's, it well, feels like I, extra. I, I, I totally understand that. I, I mean, and I don't know what it is for you, but I mean, the way that I grew up, you, I mean, you kind of touched on like, you don't know how your parents would feel, how they do truly feel about you, like getting therapy and all of that. And for my parents, I, I have postpartum depression. I had my baby a few months ago, but I had it with my other baby and it, it is very, like my dad, I can't even tell him because he doesn't understand that there is depression. He's like, no, I just go outside and I breathe some air and I'm good. And I'm like, because you're not depressed. Like that's not real. And there's like no trying to combat it. And then with my mom, I just tell her like, hey, I don't know if you even want to know this, but I'm on medication now. Mm -hmm. I just feel like this is big and that you should know. And it's like slowly opened up like her mind. And and now she asks me questions about it slowly and it's not deep, but it's like so much more than I even expected it to. And so I just want to commend you because I share a lot of things on my podcast that I know my parents are probably very uncomfortable about if they sure. ever even do listen, but sure. good job on getting therapy because I think that even admitting that in our culture still is really hard to admit. Yeah, you feel like, oh my God, am I employable? Like what if people know that I do this thing? But I look at it like, you know, I spend hundreds of dollars on my skincare And I will go and let someone literally numb my face and shoot it off with a laser. Like, my God, I can let someone work on my brain. And I think that, you know, we put so much pressure on our family and friends and parents to like be these sounding boards for us. And you start to feel like kind of like what you said, like, you know, you're telling your dad something or you want him and he's trying to fix you because he loves you. He wants you to be okay, but you're not being heard. And I think it's a very powerful thing in therapy. Like, yeah, I'm paying this girl to listen to me for an hour. And if it's stupid or if it actually makes sense, like, I don't care. I'm not your friend. I'm, you're not my family. Like this is your J O B and you will listen to me whine. And sometimes just having someone hear you and be like, I know is like so freeing. Mm -hmm. And I'm so sorry about the postpartum. My girlfriend went through something similar and it's, I've had hormonal stuff before and I can't imagine what it's like after you birth a child. Um, because hormones are f- beasts. They're, it sucks. And there's so much that like your thyroid tests won't even show you. And so you have probably hormonal problems and you don't even know about it. And no one's saying like, hey, it's okay to get help. Like yeah. you're like women aren't just crazy. We have insane hormones. Sorry, we're trying to give you children. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're trying to give you children. <laughs> I know. It's very brave. I think it, I think it's really brave. 
Thank you. Yeah, I think that that kind of like leads into my last question. But I, with you guys talking about that, it's I think just as a woman too, it's really easy. Like I've been finding myself, I'm not naturally like a crier very often, um, but I find myself lately just going, I'm not being dramatic, guys. I'm not like I actually feel like this. And then I then I reflect on that. I'm like, why am I explaining to people that I'm not just being dramatic or like, no, like even with the fires and literally calling my boyfriend going, I'm not being dramatic. It's like two streets from me, but I just want you to know I'm not lying. It's like right there and I'm really scared and being like, why do I feel like I have to um, explain? Yeah, explain myself because not only are we dealing with hormonal stuff or having children and everything, but all of a sudden when we get mad or upset, we're on our periods or (laughs) we're so dramatic or they're being crazy. And I think, um, like you said, I mean, opening up for sure about going to therapy and like talking about stuff, I think helps women because even Lisa talking about her postpartum and, you know, going on medication, like so many helped. So yeah, so many women. Um, but going along with that, I have been really interested, like watching you guys grow Lady Gang as three women. And obviously you guys are like powerful women, you know what you want, but you're still breaking into an industry that doesn't have a lot of women in it. What is it like 3% of podcasts are just hosted by females or something, even though it seems like there's so many podcasts. Um, But you guys, you know, have like the Lady Gang network and and all of this stuff. So um, maybe kind of like advice for women breaking in, not even just to this industry, but in general um, and to how to feel, like powerful and that like we're you're worth it like a woman is worth it to do whatever she wants to do yeah it's a great question um I think that my advice I have so much advice and if you want to hear it all you can pick up a copy of Act Like a Lady uh, at your local Target or Barnes and Noble or Amazon but I I want I would say that the thing that I tell women when they ask me this question all the time is you know do not feel bad about asking for the money you deserve. And I know that sounds real jerk-like. See, I just did it. I'm not being dramatic. Um, (laughs) I think as a cultural, we have a very hard time negotiating our salaries, deals, um, feeling worth uh, other people's uh, attention, uh, time, uh, and money. And I think that that is the thing that sets us apart. And I think that what is so satisfying with Lady Gang is that, you know, Becca and Jack and I all came to the table from a place of feeling like we weren't being able to ask for what we were worth and having fear. I mean, and we still have fear, a fear of of demanding it, you know? And I think what's been awesome with Lady Gang and building it is that, as the community has grown and as the podcast has grown, we've had the opportunity more and more to say no. You know, if someone comes to us and says, you want to do this thing and this is the money, we can say, you know, I'm thinking about it. It's, this is not worth our time anymore. Where old me would be like, I will do anything for $50. Like I grew up uh, not having a ton of money. And so like, I very much have that like struggling girl mentality where I'm like $25. Wow. That's like a whole meal, you know, or like whatever it is. So I think um, asking for what you deserve, being okay with it, not apologizing like, Hey, Um, I was just wondering if, you know, I I see that we have this many listeners on the podcast and like, if you guys would ever want to do like a collaboration, like, no, Hey, I host this podcast. It's been around this many thing. We have this many downloads. Um, 
it, you know, uh, it has a niche, very dedicated fan base. And I was wondering if you want to, you know, collaborate in this way, here's my shit, let's do this. You know, it's like to not apologize. And that's been very, um, very powerful for lady gang. Mm. So go say no, get your money. No, like get your money, get paid, like go get your money. Um, in whatever job you're doing, like we see it all the time in the Facebook group. Hey, I saw this person and they got the job over me or they got promoted. I want to ask for a raise. I don't know how to ask for a raise. I want to make sure like I literally, if you sit with me in a meeting, I can tell you my greatest hits. And I want every woman to be able to be like, it's okay to be good at shit. Like, it's okay to sit there and be like, hey, I did this, 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 and this is why I'm an amazing wife, team member, employee, whatever it is, you know? It's like, it's okay to be great. And we are so fucking apologetic about our greatness. We're like, you know, like, oh, sorry, like, I, you know, I am, you know, you expect other people to hype you or these other people to you know, jump in and be like, she's being modest because we're taught, we be humble, uh-huh, be uh-huh. humble, be modest. <laughs> that, I'm over humble, I'm over modest, I worked my ass off, I deserve what I have because I did the work and now I want to get paid. Mm, that's, that's my motto. Oh, so good. It my is. Motto. And it bites you in the ass sometimes. It bites you in the ass because people I, are like, I don't actually want to do that. And I'm like, okay, I, cool. yeah. you're not my person. But, yeah, you know, it's like, I, I really please ladies like ask for what you need in life it's okay Mm. you're allowed that's funny I was just about to say and and that goes hand in hand with taking rejection because when I was at my old job I did ask for a raise and I got told no and then I told him this company can't run the same way without me here and he said are you threatening me and I said no but this is how I feel and you know soon after that I wasn't there anymore I didn't get fired but you know it's it's also going okay I'm still not going to apologize for asking for a raise I should be getting paid more like bottom line um but I mean learn from it, grow from it, and then leave the job if you don't get it. <laughs> right. Well, no. And I think that's like, exactly. Like there are people that would have stayed in that job for 25 years and yeah. been like, you're right. That's all I'm worth. Or like, mm-hmm. you're right. I'm only useful up to this point. Like men don't do that. Men fall up. They fall up, they fake it and they fall up into success. And I've been in so many meetings and so many places with, with men who are not as creative and smart and whatever that have titles way above me. And it's like, you know what? Um, You deserve to be there, you know, and you'll be better for not um, settling. Mm. Mm. Totally. Um, So we, unless, do you have any other questions for our last one? Um, No, but I I do want to (laughs) say the the interesting thing about that is men will be applauded for that where women are seen as like manipulative Mm. or like, no, like you're untrustworthy because you were like trying to work the system. It's like, no, we're all trying to get up higher. Mm -hmm. And so this is what you're supposed to do. And so it's just kind of funny how the tables can turn a little bit, but to still work for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So good. Um, so we always like to ask our guests um, what their silver lining is. Yes. Um, so the silver lining, is there something good that came from something bad or challenging over your whole life? Maybe just one thing. It doesn't it doesn't really matter. Um, OK, so mine comes from Lady Gang, my silver lining. I have been obsessed with uh, achieving 
this summer because of the book and our clothing line and we're supposed to tour and basically everything got canceled. So like the dreams I had for the tour bus, like I was talking about and like walking into an express and seeing my face like in the cutout and the clothes and the rack, like all of these dreams, you know, having a book tour, like signing in the Times Square, Barnes and Noble, like whatever. Um, and when I had to let go of all of that, I actually realized that um, achievement feels like happiness feels just as good um, as achievement. So I think my silver lining was like the work it took to get and birth this thing into the world, pun intended. Um, it was as fulfilling as, you know, the rah, rah, rah thing that everyone got to see and be like, oh, you're fucking killing it. Like the process, I, I could enjoy the process without it having to be about an achievement at the end because mm -hmm. there have been no achievements in COVID. There's no parties, there's no photographers, there's no paparazzi, there's no, you know, thing that I'm at that's so exclusive because no one else can go. There's no me in Times Square. There's no me on tour and hundreds of people are clapping. Like there's none of that. There's no outward people appreciating it all the acceptance and excitement has to come from this one singular body and i think that learning how to feel happy about things without the whole world clapping has been monumental for me probably mm. so fucking unrelatable which is fine i'm going there kelty you're great even if no one's clapping <laughs> silver lining no, that's, I mean, that's that great. great. Yeah. Even, even for me to remember that, like when you get in, when an awesome thing happen happens, be excited, whether a ton of people know about it or they don't because you've achieved it and you've done it. And so I well, think, and I think great. that just goes back to worth. Like it doesn't matter if anyone's telling me that I'm worth it or not. I know my worth. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's like a perfect way to put it. Sure. Yeah. That would have been so much more eloquent. Thank you. <laughs> if, you can just, if you can just take out all my hub, blah, 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 and then just put that. And be like, we talked for like 20 minutes and we came up with this one line. Oh my God. Um, okay. So as we wrap up, can you just tell everybody where they can find you and the podcast? Please. And Please, for the love of God, follow me on Instagram. Um, it's just at Kelty, K-E-L-T-I-E. Uh, the podcast is at The Lady Gang. We have new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. And for merch and presets and books and you know whatever else is coming at the express clothing line you can just go to ladygang.com that's Perfect. where the hub where it all comes together and if you want to join the secret facebook group um you're gonna have to listen to a few episodes of the podcast and then you'll probably know some answers to the secret questions to get in and then when we approve you you'll be part of the raddest community on the internet uh-huh I, I can attest to that. Boom. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was so fun. It was thank so you. good to meet you yes, and have you so on. so good to meet you. Next time in person. I love Oregon. Yeah. It was one of the first oh. places I ever went in the States. Seaside. No oh, way. Seaside. I grew up outside of Portland. I went to Seaside all growing up. Yeah, they're oh. so funny. They used to have like really good American dance competitions. Oh. oh at, the at the convention center. So. Ooh. Live my life. I know. All right. Thanks, ladies. All right, Shakers. Thank you so much for listening. We had so much fun talking to Kelty, and we hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, like I said at the beginning, I just can't even believe how much of a full circle moment it was to be able to sit down and talk to somebody who inspired me to start this podcast. Um, it is just proof that um, 
you really just have to ask. And like Kelty was saying, um, the worst that can happen is no. So I just want to encourage all of you guys today um, in the least cheesy way possible um, to really follow what you want to do. And uh, just listening to this podcast today reminded me of that and made me so excited um, to release it and keep continuing to interview such amazing guests like Kelty. Um, like we always say, if you have time to subscribe, rate, and review, it would mean the world to us. It takes less than 30 seconds and it allows us to get amazing guests like Kelty on the show. If you haven't yet, follow us at the Salt and Pepper Podcast on Instagram and you can follow us personally at Olivia Curran and at Lisa Brosser Ursu. And if you don't remember all that because that's way too many letters, you can scroll down and there will be links in the show notes. Um, you can also join our Facebook group, the Salt and Pepper Podcast Insiders. There we just hang out and chat with you guys and do all that fun stuff so um thanks for shaking it up with us and we will see you guys next tuesday thanks for listening tune in every tuesday on the salt and pepper podcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts be sure to subscribe and please rate and review follow us on instagram at the salt and pepper podcast make sure to like and follow our facebook page and email us for any questions comments or ideas about what you want to hear on the show we will see you next tuesday i'm all shook up